0: Welcome to episode 16 of Live from Vader's Castle. Uh, I am John Lee and I'm joined today with my co-host Dan McCrory. How are you Dan? Hello.
1: Yeah, good. Good as always. Looking forward to the weekend. Oh, that's a common, common response every week. Because <laughs> <laughs> we record these on Friday evenings. So it's always just like getting ready for the weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, recent months I've moved from like our jobs working the weekend so nine to five where have actually got the weekend off so i've joined the the cult that seems to be like oh yes i'm ready for the weekend
1: the cult of the weekend yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah definitely uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so as you said friday we've been blessed with another episode of the bad batch which we'll be diving into today um, as always well
1: i was gonna say as always but we've actually only got three more weeks of this um, yeah, then, up, isn't it? Yeah, and then we're going to be waiting. I mean, I imagine there'll be a season two. Because um, I'll, I mean, this episode, I feel like wouldn't have existed if there wasn't a season two, but we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, after Bad batch is finished, that's basically going to be us for a while in terms of weekly episodes. We've got Visions in September, but from what I'm aware, they're all dropping at once. So I imagine that'll be a bit of a, you know, I don't know how many episodes there are, Visions, but I imagine we'll do a podcast where we'll speak about like three of them at once and then the other three or whatever, how many episodes there are. But your weekly new Disney Plus show content is coming to an end for a while until December with Book of Boba Fett, which will be sad on one hand, but also a great relief for me and John because it means we can record like in the middle of the week again, like we did before.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's much easier being a bit more flexible. Uh, Not that I'm not enjoying the weekly. The weekly episodes of B- no, Batch, but not no, at all.
1: Not at all. It's
0: definitely
1: nice to have a bit of flexibility. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we've uh, that's been a big discovery <laughs> that we've made. The, uh the Friday evening commitment. But we, we you know, we, we, we're there and we're getting towards the end of the season. And I guess that uh, that leads leads us into uh, my my opinion of this episode. I tell you what, as a standalone episode on its own, completely out of place within the series, I liked it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was interesting, good bit of action, some interesting criminal underworld stuff. Characters has always been great. Enjoyed it. However, I feel like its placement in the series, I think they just got it wrong. I don't think this should have been episode 13. This would have fitted more as episode four, five, six, something like that. I don't feel that character development-wise, what we saw in this episode were like massively different from what they were earlier. Like the lessons that they've learned since I didn't feel like they were a massive presence apart from maybe a mega. So I genuinely, I just, I liked the episode as a standalone, but I didn't like where it fit in the season. I thought we should be ramping up towards the end. Now we should be starting to kick up a gear towards like the end of the series. And I felt that if you're going to do an episode like this, where we're going to go away from like the empire and stuff, I felt like there needed to be some big character development for maybe like tech echo, some of the characters we haven't had so much time with. And I feel like even that we didn't really get massive character development for any of them. So I enjoyed the episode. I found it entertaining, maybe a bit misplaced within the series. That's my opinion. I don't know what you're thinking, John. What were your thoughts?
0: No, I, I mean, I agree with that actually. Um I mean, it's like I remember last week we were saying like we were pla- we we're thinking like oh well, maybe as the it's the final couple of episodes coming up are they're going to do like a big arc or like is, is things going to like actually start ramping up as you know as as you said like are things are crosshairs going to are we going to be crosshairs this episode to like ramp that kind of up you know start to get into the things that are going to finish off finish off the season but yeah I mean this episode I I completely agree could have easily fit in like episode six or something like that. I mean, it was a good episode. It was enjoyable. Um, some nice Bad Batch, you know, the classic stuff we've seen, you know, some funny one-liners, some good action, um, an interesting, yeah, dive into the underworld of uh, Star Wars at that time period in the timeline. But, yeah, I feel like it wasn't as... Exciting as like, I felt like I wanted to be like climbing onto a roller coaster to like finally get to the top, which would be at the e- you know the end of the series with a big finale. But I just feel like I'm not there yet. I'm still waiting in line for the mm. for the ride. I think.
1: Yeah, it's a good analogy that I think. I think particularly because last week ended on like such a bombshell. It was like obviously with Hauser and what happened with the clones, and then with like. You know, crosshair deciding that he's going to come and hunt down the bad batch. Like, that was such a big climax after, like, a really exciting episode last week. And I think when you look at the Ryloff episodes as a whole, it was quite, a, you know, like a, a big impactful couple of episodes. And I just felt that if this had maybe even gone before the Ryloff episodes, I maybe would have been okay with it. But I think after last week, this week, I was really ready to dive into, like, what's happening with Hauser, Rampart. Crosshair, The Bad Batch being hunted, and I felt like we didn't quite get that. So, I mean, this this happened a lot with Rebels, and it happened a lot with Clone Wars as well, more so with Rebels because it's more like serialised, where like you'd be building up to something and then they'd almost take like a break week and then catch back up. And in the long run, when you end up binging a show it doesn't really bother you that much because you get through the episode and you go on to the next one. But I think when we're in the week to week sort of waiting, hyping up every week for like the new episode, and it is a little bit like this where it's a bit like, right. Okay. I enjoyed that. But you know, what's actually happening here, it it can feel a little bit disappointing. Um, I do think there's a lot of people, you know, moaning and being outraged over nothing. Like, you know, Clone Wars had loads of these episodes, but, because most people binged Clone Wars, they don't really think about it. (laughs) But, like, I don't know. I will still happily, in the same way that I could watch any episode of Rebels, purely just because I love the ghost crew, it's the same with this show. Like, I could literally watch the Bad Batch, watch paint dry, just because I love the characters. But I think at this point in the series, I was hoping for something a bit more, and we didn't quite get that. So I do think there's nothing wrong with doing episodes like this, but I think writers should know that when you get into the last four episodes of a season, expectation is quite a bit higher than this. Um, so they maybe should have slotted this episode somewhere else in the series. Um, but yeah, similar thoughts
0: to you pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think putting it before the roll-off episode would have made it, that would have been fine. And then obviously you could have gone off the excitement of the, uh, the last week's uh, arc I suppose and then I'm um, assuming I'm really hoping that next week's episode kind of does start to lead into the final because how many episodes we've got left? Three? Really? So I'm yeah. assuming it, it must It must do Surely. Well
1: so. next week's episode is the only one that we still know the title for because like the titles got like released and then people weren't sure if it was real or not but it turns out they are real because all, all the titles before this have been correct and next week's called uh, War Mantle and War is the name of the project that like Tarkin and Rampart were talking about like right at the beginning of the series to do with like conscripted soldiers and phasing out the clones, I think is what Project War Mantle is. So I imagine yeah, next okay. week is going to be a very like Camino Empire clone heavy episode, which is I think what everyone wants at this point, building up to the end of the season. Um I was a bit concerned when I saw the title of this episode it was called Infested. I was like, oh my god, it's just gonna be like a <laughs> they're gonna bump into like bugs or something which I guess is what ended up happening um but yeah I mean I'll move away from sort of my negative feelings towards it in terms of like what I actually really liked about this episode I liked getting more time with Sid Sid the parlor and Ord Mantell I've liked that aspect of the show throughout like the fact that they've been working for Sid Sid's always been an interesting character to me because you don't really know what side she's on really because she's a you know, in that gray area of a little bit bad and a little bit good, something in between sort of thing. And, you know, it was, it was nice in this episode to see them like doing the job with Sid as opposed to Sid just sending them off. It was nice to see the sort of Sid feeling guilty about Omega being captured and, you know, having to help. So I did think it was interesting to see Sid Um uh, the, the Sid's story left me feel, feeling a bit flat at the end though because I felt like Sid was changing throughout the episode and then she kind of just went back to being good old Sid at the end which maybe I wanted something a bit different I feel like and I've, I made a point earlier <laughs> to talk about um, you know why I think there's going to be a season two I don't think they would have done this episode this close to the end of the season if the end of the season was the end of the series because there's so many threads to wrap up and this almost introduces a new thread of like a little bit more about Sid and you know this other faction was it um, Roland Durand Um, that was the gangster and his dad talking about I feel like they're introducing a lot more and I almost feel like this is like setting up plot threads that are going to be dangling into the next season, I imagine. So I do think we're going to get season two. I think they'll probably do what they did with Loki and they'll probably just have like Bad Batch will return in season two next year um, because animation is always, they're working way ahead. They're probably already animating season two right now. Um see so yeah, I did like spending a bit more time with Sid. Maybe I wanted a little bit of Sid character development, um, but I think that aspect was good. I really like Sid's character. I like the performance. Of um I can't remember what her name is. She's a well-known actress. She was in cheers and stuff. Anyway, I liked all of that. Um, but then yeah, what did you think of you know getting a bit top a bit of time with Sid? Uh
0: yeah, I mean I like Sid as a character. She I like I always like how her interactions she has with like each individual member of the Bad Batch, like the little nickname she has for them, <clears throat> and just like how like little she kind of because obviously they're the main characters of the shows, and they're like compared to like whenever they go on missions, they're like I suppose they've always been like the cool kids or like the outsiders or like their own little posse or something yeah. that are like edgy. And then Sid just kind of just doesn't care, and it's like <laughs> tech, just like goggles, you know. Wreckers just like come on muscles, it's just yeah. Put like, a muscles in this episode, yeah. She?
1: And then a yeah. mega tiny as well, didn't she?
0: <laughs> yeah, the, I like the cute little nicknames. There was, I think, there was one moment when I think she like gave Tech a bit of praise, and he looked like him and like uh, Recker like exchanged like a little look where he was like quite proud of himself. Uh, that, that made me laugh. Um,
1: yeah, it was when he like figured it. out what her plan was, wasn't it? And he was like, "You
0: want to yeah.
1: get the, get, steal the spice, so the thing goes, the deal goes badly." And she said, "Good one, gargles.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like I like her interactions with the bad Batch. it was nice to see that across like our whole episode um but yeah I mean I, I think I agree with your point there like yeah it felt like she was getting somewhere as the episode went on and then as it ended it was just kind of like straight back to the start which I thought was a bit strange what I also thought was really strange as I'm sure we might get onto it a bit later but like after the whole Deal and everything, they got their spice back. They just like immediately went back into the bar where the pikes were still there. It was like if you waited like an hour, they would have left, and like the whole situation of Omega being like kept hostage would have been like it wouldn't have happened because the pikes would have just left and like taken that fellow with them. Yeah, I I
1: noticed that on on my second watch this evening. I was like, that's a really stupid decision just to go straight (laughs) back to the bar minutes (laughs) after. I don't know if it was like it was supposed to insinuate that. Because um, the Athorian and the Weakway, I can't remember what their names are, because they had obviously been captured. And then she said, when she was coming back in, she said their two names and said that they had already left. And I don't know if it was supposed to be insinuating that they had like been tricked into like tricked into lying to Sid or something like that, or if it was just Sid being really stupid and just wandering straight back in. I'm not really sure what was going on there. But I noticed that I was like, why would you just go straight back in? The bikes are clearly already still like they're, they're still there.
0: <laughs> yeah. But obviously gonna think something's a bit sus if you just come like wandering in as soon as like their deal's gone bad and you're like, oh hello, I'm back again. No, yeah. your spice has gone missing. I, I've got no idea what this is about, but I've just happened to show back
1: up. <laughs> it was cool to see the pikes, though. I do like seeing these like big criminal syndicates. You know the Huts, the the pikes. You know Black Sun, Crimson Dawn. You know all, all these syndicates. I can't remember were the pikes were they part of the Shadow Collective? I think they were, weren't they? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. they are. Um, well, they were.
1: Were maybe they still are at the moment, not sure what really happened with the Shadow Collective. Um but it was it was good to see them. It's obviously, you know, a continuation of seeing that those characters and their role within the galaxy. So I, I do appreciate, you know, getting to see people like the Pikes and I I, I quite like this new Deveronian fella, Roland Durand, I think is the name. Um I thought he was interesting. He kinda reminded me of um Who's was the guy from Rebels. Was it like Savargo or um, Visago? Oh, yeah. The, the other the, the other the Deveronian. I think yeah, he was yeah. a Deveronian as well, yeah. Um, sort of arms dealer that they did a bit of work with. Um, so, yeah, kind of got vibes of that. But I thought he was an interesting enough character sort of that out of his depth, young, ambitious criminal who's like trying to look good in front of his mum and dad basically. Um, so I thought that aspect was interesting there was a little bit like that initial scene where they wandered into Sid's and Sid wasn't there and he was there instead like, I thought that was a really cool scene and you know them just all pulling their guns <laughs> at once I thought it was really good um, which does actually remind me my favorite moment in the entire episode was when the Pike said give us the girl and you can have her back when you get the spice and then as soon as they said like give us the girl like all four of the bad bats just like pulled their guns at them immediately they were like nope (laughs) you're not having a (laughs) mega she's ours (laughs) i thought that was quite cool i do do like seeing that because obviously it shows how tight that family has become now um yeah yeah
0: i mean i feel like i like the pikes in this episode i was just trying to think when i was watching it it's like like in, you've seen him before, and like the Clone Wars and stuff, and I always felt like in the Clone Wars, for like a big criminal organization, they didn't seem like that threatening really. Like they, they kind of just seemed on the same level as um like Hondo's crew or something, just like a bunch of like misfits, I suppose. But like they, they seemed like a proper like criminal organization, like mafia gang, in like this episode when they it, the when the lead Pike was like just not taking any shit, basically. He was like, they were trying to make deals with him or like trying to negotiate and he was just like, no, like, you're doing it my way because we're in charge and we'll kill you if it doesn't like happen mm-hmm. to sort of the thing. Yeah. I was like, that makes more sense for like the notoriety they are given than I think we've seen them in, like
1: the Clone Wars and stuff. Yeah. After you've mentioned Hondo, I've just realised how much better this episode would have been if the guy who stole Sid's bar was Hondo. <laughs> and then they almost had, had to, to like, they, they like stole the spice and then realised that Hondo's just an idiot and then I've had to get the spice back to stop them from killing Hondo. I almost feel like that would have worked better. I miss Hondo. When When is he going to show up? <laughs> yeah, a Hondo cameo there would
0: have been actually quite quite good. I'm on Hondo watch like
1: every single episode basically. I just needed to come back. Um, but yes, we will talk about the actual sort of, I guess, action heisty sort of part of the episode, obviously, of them sneaking through the mines to steal the spice and um, and then lose the spice and eventually get the spice back. And the fact that the whole thing was infested with these bugs. I thought that scene looked cool, like visually. A lot of that stuff, you know, with the torchlight and the dust particles and everything, like the animation continues to be really cool. Um, I thought, you know, obviously like the the little bit of action of like them ramming the minecarts into each other and stuff was cool. And some of the conversations between all of them there was quite funny. Um and then I particularly like the scene when Recca and Sid got sort of repelled down into the into the bottom of the, the cave basically to get all the crates and obviously Wrecker's little sort of scream when he was getting attacked by the bugs, <laughs> that was just so funny. Um, I just love any time I see Wrecker like being scared of heights or like at one point he was panting because he was so out of energy <laughs> and then that he was there getting like attacked by the bugs and uh, screaming. I thought all of that was quite funny. I, I continue to love Wrecker, he's the boy.
0: <laughs> yeah, those, those scenes did make me laugh as well. Actually, he's he's quite a good comic relief actually. Sometimes, record with uh, those certain scenes. Um, I was just glad that it wasn't spiders. Like as you said, like the scenes of like the torchlight and the dust and stuff. And obviously, like the main thing, the torchlight was illuminating, in in these caves, what appeared to be like cobwebs or yeah, something. I, I was, had the fear, oh, as, as, fear as well. After these <laughs> are giant spiders gonna you know, come out here, you know, like in the Mandalorian episode. where was like that. Like, Fuck off, spider. Or God. <laughs> if, if this comes out, I'm gonna just oh, I can't deal with that. Uh, but no, thankfully, it was a bunch of what appeared to be moths, giant yeah. moths. I
1: thought it was bats for a second, and then obviously, tech got his little Wikipedia article out and confirmed <laughs> that it was it was bugs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they were pretty cool, though. Uh, it's funny, obviously, Wrecker was the one that woke them up in the first place when, um. Well no, yeah, so Wrecker was the one that woke him up in the first place when he dropped his flashlight. Um and then when they went back to go find the spice later on, I'm pretty confident it was Sid that ended up knocking that thing, uh that like yeah, kind of broken yeah, it bit was of Sid. mining equipment into the pit, which then woke him up again, which I thought was good karma because she was the one that was like having to go at Wrecker in the first instance yeah. when he woke them up. So I thought that was a nice little uh, full circle there. Uh <laughs> Which made me laugh.
1: Yeah, and I liked Tech's crafty little device that he made. I thought it was a. It, I feel like it had been a while since we'd seen like a tech, you know, like making a cool piece of equipment to save the day. I feel like it had been a while since that happened. So it was cool to see that, him making that sort of device, which just scared all of the bats with, not the bats, the moths with really bright light. And he was just sort of like incoming and just like threw it over the edge. A lot, I really like that moment a lot. Um, I think Tech had a couple really good one liners in this episode. I'm trying to scratch my brain for some of them. Um, but I just, I really want an episode. And we might, we might have to wait to season two to get it. But I really want an episode when it's really just Tech and Echo. Like I'd almost, you know, we used to get sort of episodes in like Rebels. Like practically every character was sidelined apart from like Zeb for an episode or like Sabine or like Hera, you know, like those episodes where it was like a very one character centric. I'd really like an episode with just tech and Echo practically for the whole thing. Cause I feel like they're the two characters who need, but like Hunter's always been the lead. You know, a lot about him, how he's changing his attitude. Wrecker, obviously with the chip and everything going on there. We know a lot about Wrecker and Mega obviously is the focus of the show. I feel like Tech and Echo continue to get, and they're such good characters, and with the minimal dialogue that they have, they still, like, steal the show. So they're great. I just, I want more of them, because Tech was brilliant in this episode, but then I counted, and he had, like, eight lines. And I was like, we need more Tech. Justice for Tech.
0: Yeah, we definitely, yeah, I definitely felt like, I felt like even more of Echo. Like, somehow Echo just, like, can go, like, a whole episode with just, like, two or three lines, I feel like, just off the top of my head. Um, and especially because he was like one of the original um, members of like Domino Squad that, you know, died and then came back and was obviously like a fan favorite. I'm just surprised at how little like, just single screen time he has, especially because he's like one of the most interesting characters, I think, in my opinion, on the team. Obviously being like the whole team is like you know enhanced clones, but he just takes. I think his stuff takes it, like a step further, and you could really explore some interesting stories about like I don't know, just like his like PTSD, how he views himself. Like does but like does he worry about being more droid than man? You know, there's so many yeah. interesting things you could you could do with Echo, and yeah, I just cause, feel like because his enhancement isn't like, chosen
1: by the Kaminoans, like theirs is bizarre as a science experiment from the separatists yeah i agree i do because you know that four the four episode arc of the bad batch in clone wars was so like r- what well, was rex predominantly but like really echo heavy when they got echo and like not knowing if they could trust echo and him you know was he more machine than man all that sort of stuff i completely agree with you i think some of those moral dilemmas for echo they really need to explore and i'm hoping that The premise of this first season was showing how the galaxy's different, giving a broader introduction to the characters and really focusing in on omega and then I'm hoping that season two will very much be like the season where when I'm getting to know like each individual bad batch member more intensely. And I do hope that that's what they do because I feel like Rebels did that almost like season one of Rebels, basically just the Ezra show. And then like season two was where you actually got like a lot more into like Zeb's backstory and Sabine's and Hera's and that sort of stuff. So I'm hoping we do get that in season two. Um, and yeah, particularly Echo, I think you're right. And then tech, I obviously, I really like tech so I do want more tech, but Echo's almost easy. It's like, there's so much there for them to be talking about. And I just, I do find it surprising that He's is so underused, um but I think you know. I imagine this is a show that's going to go on for years. So I feel like when we look back at it, you know, after it's four or five seasons, we'll probably eat our words.
0: But this is us in the present, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking like that in the future, like three three seasons in, and I'll probably be thinking back on what I just said and be like, well. That was a bit of a stupid point because we just had this unreal echo arc or whatever. <laughs> and that's yeah, and that's 30s, fine. 30s. Yeah, and that's seconds.
1: fine if that's what they do. But I think there's, there's nothing wrong with us saying it now and hoping it manifesting it into existence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got you got to manifest it. So I mean, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a, an interesting point, and hopefully this is not gonna be like a, one of those memes or like the red string across all loads of pictures in a room. I feel like Echo's story like you can definitely like take parallels from like um, the stuff with like Vader and Luke you know there's like you know the final one of the final scenes in like uh, Return of the Jedi of Luke looking at his like mechanical hand and Vader and stuff like that and then I feel like again it's a big part of Star Wars is like how much machine is a person to, to what they are man and like what takes what takes away from that and what you gain from that. And I feel like it's just such an easy area to explore with Echo. You know, Um, it's a big, it's a big factor, you know, why Luke looked down at his father and was like, Christ, look at the state of this man. He's got like, no human flesh on him at all. And I've got my mechanical arm. Like, how much am I similar to this man? And I feel like you can have the same thing with Echo. You could be like, Echo looking at himself and being like, I when he looks at himself he can be like I remind myself of a droid which is like you know Luke's biggest fear or biggest competitor or like villain in his life was obviously Darth Vader and like Echo is a droid and they both have similarities to like their biggest um, adversaries Mm -hmm. I feel like oh just you could definitely write a whole arc on that
1: I mean I've I've just thought of it now because we we've never had like the official uh, general Grievous like backstory sort of in canon. It's always just sort of been legends and we've assumed that it's the same. What if they like stumbled across, hit me out, they stumbled across like the original lab that Grievous was built in? Not like the layer that we've seen in season one of Clone Wars, but like the original lab that Grievous, you know, is abandoned, but there's like all this documentation, like these like hollows on like the scientists building Grievous or the Sith, whatever building grievous and then it makes echo like really question you know his own humanity because he's like oh grievous we all saw him as a droid but really he was just a man who had been like experimented on just like me and making him like have all those like deep like changes of his own existential like questioning oh that's right as you're hearing this stuff because you get some grievous backstory tied in with echo jeez
0: that's class. Sign us up, uh, Lucas. What are you you playing at? Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. What are you wasting time doing these bug episodes for? Let's let's get some of this stuff I
0: just feel like... I mean, I'm assuming, yeah, as you say, there's going to be like a season two and then hopefully a season three. So this sort of stuff, I feel like, is going to be explored as we go further. So I have faith.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. And I, I feel like, you know... I very much learned my lesson when I watched Clone Wars for the first time because I remember like watching it and sort of messaging the boys and being like, well, I'm not sure about this show. It just feels like the story of the week with like not much else going on. And then obviously I, I ate my words very severely when I mm-hmm. finished the show and I can go back and watch season one of Clone Wars. And I love it now. So it's like... And I've really enjoyed Bad Batch season one, like more than I enjoyed Clone Wars season one, probably even more than I enjoyed Rebels season one. I think it's been a really consistent, good series, but this episode was a bit of a wobble in the path for me. Um, But as we've talked about, there's been some fun moments we've liked. The characters are still great. I kind of just want to see them change a little bit more. I kind of just want to see, you know, that character development in them, a little bit more like we're getting a lot of sort of like interesting messages passed on to them by other characters, but not a lot of them have changed the characters too much yet. And I just like, that's, that's my wish going forward. I think that's my wish going forward. Some interesting character development for the, for the clones in the bad batch. Obviously Omega's character development has been very present and very consistent. And sort of, I guess the one big bit of character development we did get in this episode was Omega, sort of being able to look past the bad things that people do and, like, see, you know, potential mistakes, you know, innocence, goodness at the end when she was, like, not wanting them to kill uh, Roland. So I like that. It was good to continue to see that Mega is, like, the emotional core, the the very good person at the heart of the Bad Batch. Um, She puts the good in Bad Batch. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of Omega now. Everyone gets it. we all love her let's Let's get some justice for the
0: boys. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of hoping that the final couple of episodes you know, I feel like if they if they tie in with what we've seen uh last week with like the chips and houses, I think that is a big part of obviously that's a big part of the clone um, like identities and things like that is how they view themselves the bad batch compared to like, the regular clones. Especially now that they've found out about like the chips and stuff, so I feel like linking that in with, you know, House's storyline, tying them across Crosshair's stuff. I think if you put that all in together, we're going to really get some good, like character development and like identity crisis, maybe like between like the Bad Batch themselves. Um, I just, I think the last couple episodes really need to ramp up a bit, um, which I'm assuming they will. I've got every faith they will, but uh i'm just hope, kind of hoping that these all these storylines like cross cross paths um so that we can get some answers to things get some good character development yeah um yeah. and hopefully get a happy ending i'm hoping
1: <laughs> nah, this is not going to be a happy ending with the bad batch season, <laughs> season five of the bad batch is going to be vader killing them all and it's going to be utterly depressing um <laughs> no hopefully not um i i'm pretty sure Omega's probably still alive in like the mandalorian timeline but the rest of them i imagine are probably dead which gives me pain just to think of wrecker being dead but anyway um yeah i i do feel like all the episodes are going to ramp up and i do think we i think this season's conclusion is going to very much conclude the rampart crosshair storyline um I do I'm still holding out my prediction for the clone uprising at the end of this season. I do think that's where we're going. I feel like there's some unanswered Camino questions with, you know, like Nala say and Lama Sue and that. Um so I feel like that's what we're gonna get this season. But I think the wider questions about, you know, will the Bad Batch join the, you know, burgeoning rebellion or, or will they continue to be mercenaries and how they're gonna fit in within the underworld, etc. I think a lot of that stuff will continue into season two. I mean, I think I think Rebels, you know, and I think that some of the characters that they introduced in season one of Rebels, like the Zago being one of them, and the one that the weird pig-looking guy that Hondo was, like, chilling with. Do you remember him? Gamorgan or whatever his uh, name was.
0: Uh, the one that wanted to buy, um, like, Hera for, like, his... I
1: think it was wages. Gamorgan was his name, yeah. Yeah, he was
0: yeah. creepy.
1: And... <laughs> Obviously there was the little like Ugnaut character that like, you know, all of those characters that got introduced in an episode of Rebels and you're like, Oh, what's the point in them? But like, you come all the way down to the finale of Rebels and they all sort of tie in together and they all sort of, the pieces fit in nicely as like the big cast of the show. So I imagine this might be just another episode that has a part two in season two, sort of a continuation of this story happens again, like a year down the line, um, which is fine. Um, But yeah, again, I mean, I sort of echo what I said at the beginning. On its own as a standalone episode, good animated Star Wars entertainment position in the series did have me a little bit disappointed. But I remain excited for next week.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm excited. I'm going to slightly change my prediction from last week uh, of a two and a half hour long arc for the final and change it to a um, well, like hour and a half arc for the final, <laughs> for the last year episodes, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we shall see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be
1: surprised if next week features near to no Bad Batch, and I wouldn't be surprised if next week's was like practically a crosshair centered episode, which I think would be great. Just an entire episode on Camino with crosshair finding out where the Bad Batch were, Bad Batch are like right at the end of next week's episode into the second to last episode where it's bad batch and crosshair having a final standoff and then men, then maybe getting the chip out. And then the final, final episode, they come back to Camino to try and free the clones and no Crosshair dies, sacrificing himself to save the bad batch. And then that's sort of the story wrapped up with the season. That's my prediction. But then I also kind of hate to make predictions because if it's not what you want, sometimes you can get disappointed. Not that I really do, but, uh, that's my that's my little prediction.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a bad shout, Ruka. Uh, it felt like it would make sense. To do. I think it would tie up points nicely. Um, <clears throat> I want to see in that final episode though them going back to Camino uh, and Hauser. They they arrive on Camino and Hauser is already there leading an uprising and they get there and like things are like on fire and there's like clones like (laughs) charging down the corridors like guns in hand taking out taking out like the enlisted stormtroopers that have already signed up for the empire
1: and then houses just like sat on a deck chair sipping a pina colada being like oh you're right boys like it just it all kicked off here (laughs) so
0: yeah bad time you got here yeah about time i
1: could i could do with some help like we've just started an uprising
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's what i want
1: yeah. That's my prediction. <laughs> High hopes. <laughs> High hopes. Okay. So yeah, it probably wraps up the discussion about Bad Batch this week. It was um, probably towards the bottom of my, maybe not the very bottom, but you know, definitely the lower, the lower quarter of my episodes for this season. But that's fine. We're not going to love every episode. I haven't hated one yet. So all in all, we're still happy with the show. Mm, very much so. So we thought for the, sort of the rest of the episode, we would just touch on a little bit of the what's going on in the world of Star Wars at the moment. Because um, there's quite a bit going on sort of outside of the films and the TV shows and that sort of thing. There's some stuff happening in Star Wars. So we're going to do a bit of a just catch up overall discussion about what's going on. I think the first thing we'll talk about, because it's probably going to take us the least amount of time to talk about is that EA Play is happening this weekend. And I imagine most Star Wars fans who are listening right now have already seen EA Games' EA Star Wars's tweet when they basically said, oh, you know, EA Play this year, if we're not going to mention anything about Star Wars, we'll see you next year. May the force be with you. Um, I saw that with an immense amount of disappointment and outrage at how pathetic EA have been of recent years. Um, You know, they've had that exclusive license since 2014 and have put out four games. um, Good games, all four of them, good games, but they've only put out four. And they have not put a new one out. Well, they put a new one out last year, but like killed off Battlefront 2. Like the year, it's just been a bit of a shambles from EA. So I was hoping this would be a year where we'd find out about a Jedi Fallen Order sequel, and we find out about Battlefront Three maybe coming in like two or three years time. But nope, nothing. I, uh, I imagine you share my disappointment, John.
0: Um, I think disappointment is underselling it. To be honest, I feel like the way I feel about EA in Star Wars, like EA's Star Wars games, is just. Uh, Absolute shambles, but you have a as you said, they had the exclusive license in 2014, and this is a license that like. I'm sure there's other game developers that would actually like hire hitmen for like they were like if like <laughs> I don't know what's another game developer I can't think of. I, well, I know about this.
1: Rockstar. Let's say Rockstar. Rockstar,
0: it? yeah, sure. Rockstar. If Rockstar was like all right, we'll hire this guy for a million pounds to go and kill the CEO of EA, they would do it for Star Wars, for the license of Star Wars. It is the
1: biggest cash cow in the entire world of gaming is Star Wars. It is literally the biggest IP. They could make a Star Wars game that would make more money than Fortnite if they wanted to. And
0: what are they doing? (laughs) Yeah, and like... What annoys me as well is, one, obviously, they haven't announced anything this year, and they're not going to announce anything this year, which I think is obviously ridiculously stupid. I mean, as you said, you could have even announced a Battlefront 3 or a Jedi Fallen Order sequel to be, like, coming in two years' time. And it's like, okay, it's in, it's on the calendar that will keep us happy for now. But no, they can't even bother to do that. And then, yeah, as you said, they've cut service to Battlefront 2, which is, like... Ridiculously stupid because that is like the main game Star Wars fans play at the moment and you could have made an absolute shit ton amount of money if you were just like hmm, these games like Fortnite, Apex, you know uh, Warzone, like FIFA they seem to make a lot of money off doing like microtransactions and things and like I understand that people don't like microtransactions when they affect gameplay and things but I think in the gaming community it's quite fair, people pay for like cosmetics and things and again, Star Wars is like it's got an absolutely rich um history and like creative artwork and like characters and like costume designs that like, they could have made an absolute like fortune off. Plus obviously then you have the, all the things that we've had released in the last well since the game came out. Um I can't remember when it came I out, mean- but I think the, fact, mandalorian. the
1: fact that mandalorian came out with baby yoda literally the biggest piece of merchandising in like the last 20 or so years like baby yoda is just money and the fact that they didn't release like a mando character in battlefield 2 and then you had to pay 5 pounds to get the baby yoda skin like you had baby yoda on his on his back or something that would have made So much... They're literally burning money at this point. And with the Bad Batch coming out, they could have had the Bad Batch characters. And it just blows my mind that they've just decided, nah, it's not worth doing anything with this massive game that we've got that still has a huge amount of players four years after it was released. It's, yeah, you're right. It is
0: beyond disappointing. It's just (laughs) mind-boggling. I think think as well, like... uh, Obviously, we still play Battlefront every now and again. And, like i enjoy it but like the part of my rationale to why they haven't you know released these sort of dlcs was like oh okay they're probably gonna announce like Battlefront three soon and that'll ha- that'll be all in it like base game or maybe like season pass straight away that will all be in there so it's fine and then yeah obviously ea they're like oh no we're not announcing anything this year so like, what why we playing it. Like, what are they what, doing? What, Making more FIFA games? Who cares? Yeah, like, what, why are you?
1: <laughs> you make you make a new FIFA game every year. You you know, no offence <laughs> to people who like FIFA. You shit out one of those boring games every single year, and yet you cannot develop more than four Star Wars games in seven years. What is wrong with you as a company? <laughs> yeah,
0: but not even deal. Like the last DLC they added was. Scarif update and yeah, it was a tiny day, like, <laughs> yeah and the last characters they it was I mean like, they're fun in the game when you get to the nine but it was like BB-8 and BB-9E or whatever <laughs> it was like brilliant thank you for at the time of release wasting my time I know I with know. these two useless droids like, they're fun we love BB-8 um, BB-9E I think is just just because they had BB-8 but the
1: thing, like, oh, they had a good they had a good model like wrote, you know like um you know battlefield one it was it came out in time for force awakens and then they got a rogue one update and then battlefield two came out then it got like a last jedi update then it got a solo update then it got a rise of skywalker update so they were doing it in time with like stuff coming out and then like the mandalorian nothing happened with that mandalorian season two uh, let's just ignore that as well bad batch yeah let's just ignore that so i think i mean we could rant for ages and we'll we'll try we'll try not to (laughs) But I think our disappointment at EA Play not having anything about Star Wars is fairly clear and on on paper. <laughs> um, and I mean, think like also just you know this was meant to be a year where we were meant to be getting Lego Star Wars. I mean, where on earth is that?
0: <laughs> oh God, I mean, I was saying to you yes, yesterday the other day. I was like, I was just deleting some of my emails I had like built up over the last couple of months. I'm pretty sure it was like November last year I pre-ordered lego star wars or something ridiculous like that it was meant to come
1: out in 2020 and it got pushed back to (laughs) 2021 got pushed back even further and then it's been pushed back again what is going on with this game like i'm sure it's going to be great and i'm sure it's like the most ambitious you know lego game they've ever made and i'm i am genuinely so excited for it but come on just get that game out like what are you sitting on like yeah. It better be my, uh... the best damn game.
0: <laughs> I want my Lego uh, Luke Skywalker drinking his blue milk. That's meant to come with my game, and I, I want. Yeah, it. exactly. I want, I want, I want, I want my clean. blue milk. <laughs> I want my Lego. I want my Lego blue milk. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I like. I mean, me and John have had to satisfy our need for Lego stars to come out by just buying Lego sets because you know we can't build any and in games we're just having to do it in real life which is costing us money
0: yeah i can't play lego star wars so i'm gonna buy a shit ton of star wars lego
1: i mean do you want to do you want to tell the good fans what you just ordered today
0: <laughs> uh yes yeah, so in keeping the theme with the uh, podcast i've ordered a lego version of vader's castle so on brand um, yeah so as soon as that arrives that'll be built and a picture will be going onto our Instagram and probably Twitter as well, so there's a plug. Um, But yeah, a Lego live from Vader's Castle. Um, (laughs) That's what what we actually need
1: to develop, like a shrink ray so we can shrink ourselves down and record the podcast from inside the Lego Vader's Castle because then we really will be live from Vader's (laughs) Castle. Um, Yeah, and I've I've just pre-ordered the Bad Batch's ship, the Marauder, um, because we've been talking about the Bad Batch for the last... 13 weeks. I think this was episode 13. So yeah, 13 weeks. So, uh, I've also spent a large amount of money on getting a bad bat ship, <laughs> which I'm excited about. So, um, come on, Lego Souls, can you just release the game so we start wasting money, please?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I nah, feel it's like not the, wasting the, money, but... the, the Lego actually, they've been releasing recently. That's been like really good. I mean, like, I mean, well, I think we were talking about the other day, even just like the little, mini sets that are like you know like between like 15 and like 30 quid are quite good you know that was i mean i've got luke's sand speeder which is you know it was a nice little set you've got um
1: like i the, got the the hoth snow speeder set which i really yeah. like just had a little wedge antilles in a snow speeder and a couple of other bits and obviously we've both got anakin's jedi starfighter as well which is a nice little set um yeah, Lego have been popping off. I just I've got that little um Mandalorian battle pack coming in a couple of days for like the Mandalorian figures from um like the Clone Wars Mandalorian figures as opposed to Mando Mandalorian figures. Um which I'm looking forward to getting. And then I mean, there's some pre orders that are gonna be firmly made soon for like the the Duel on Mandalore set, which is clean, the uh Slave One set, the mandalorian starfighter set i mean there's a lot of they are they are banging up with the lego and they could be selling even more if they just got the goddamn game released
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing isn't it? i think i think as soon as the game releases as well they could really ramp up with like, loads more sets even just like from being game i suppose you could like pick any level mission or whatever or just like you know like in any lego star wars game they have like the base that was like in like the prequel game it was like um I not it was like the bar not the bar, the cafe that Obi Wan went to and like Attack of the Clones
1: Yeah it was it and was Dex's like it was Dex's Diner Dex, in the prequel is yeah. And then then Mos the, Isley in the originals Isley.
0: yeah Yeah I feel like even then you could, yeah I mean i straight away I'd be Dex's Diner. Yes please I'll buy that.
1: <laughs> I reckon I reckon for the um I reckon for the new game they're gonna they're gonna have like Dex's Diner will be where you go to do the prequel missions. Moss Eisley will be where you go to do the original trilogy missions, and then I reckon Maz's Castle will be where you go to
0: do the sequel trilogy that's, levels. That's not bad show, actually. Yeah, I think that's probably. Why I actually. Oh, I'm so excited. I haven't actually played the new. They did the Lego um, sequels, oh, didn't
1: they? They did I'm Lego actually... Force Awakens, but yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Last Jedi and um, Rise of Skywalker have never had anything, so. I'm I'm looking forward to playing through that games. So I want I want the scene in Lego where I can drink the blue milk.
0: Not <laughs> from the last Jedi. Yeah,
1: yeah, where I can where I can milk the weird cows and drink the blue milk.
0: <laughs> that, that's not playing for.
1: I want to have to like button mash X just to like milk <laughs> the cows. <laughs> oh, Jesus! God. Oh God! <laughs> right, we'll move swiftly on from that. <laughs> In other Star Wars news, <laughs> um, yeah, we were going to briefly talk about. <clears throat> I know we're about a week late with it because I think the issue came out last Wednesday as opposed to this Wednesday. But the War of the Bounty Hunters is continuing. So last month we spoke about issue one because obviously it was a big, a big bombshell plot twist. Uh, I think we just decided we'll continue talking about it sort of once every month when the new ep- when the new issues come out because it's a cool concept for a series and it's interesting to see where they're going with it. And I certainly enjoyed this new issue. I thought it was, um, it was good to see this sort of party run by Crimson Dawn with all the degenerates from the Star Wars galaxy all in attendance. Um, I loved seeing some Boba Fett versus Bossk action. It was good to see... Dr. Afra involved. I'm a big fan of Dr. Afra. So seeing her and stuff like this is really good fun. Obviously, seeing more of Kira and really not knowing what she's up to. And just the fact that Han is just being bidded for as if he was a prized painting. Um, I just, I thought it was a good fun issue. And, uh, I'm definitely interested to see where the series is going to go next issue because our boy Darth Vader is just rocked up, ready to mess everything up. And, I'm um, you know, if, Previous Darth Vader comics seem to show anything. He's not scared of any large crowds, so I feel like he could cause some damage next week. What are you thinking on the on the War of the Bounty Hunters front?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, not only two issues in, but I think it's just starting it's starting off really well. I mean, as you said, that fight between Bosk and Bova I thought was unreal. I mean, it wasn't a very long fight, but I think it started off well. Bobba uh, Bob dealt with him firmly, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I liked Boss's little line about him, like teaching him like the basics of like being a bounty hunter and stuff, which is obviously what we see in the Clone Wars with like young Bobba um, having a close relationship with Boss and stuff, which I think that was cool. That was nicely referenced too. And then, yeah, Bobba just deals with him by blowing his legs off, pretty much, and tying them to a rock, which is just like, yeah, that is that's fair. I mean. I couldn't imagine Boba killing him. Obviously, um, one because I know that he just doesn't. That's not where he dies in the timeline. Uh, but two, you know, that relationship between them two. I think I think Boba would honour that, even if yeah, is in his way and he needs his bounty. I don't think Boba would just like murk him there and then. So I feel like blowing his legs off is a fair compromise, especially because they'll grow back as he's a Trandoshan.
1: Yeah, I actually don't know if we've seen Bosk in the timeline after this I'm trying to think if he's like actually appeared like canonically after War of the Bounty Hunters because he wasn't in Return of the Jedi was he?
0: No hmm. I feel like he can't I feel like just murking him on a, like a, a, a small moon somewhere like off a random fire that just been a bit disappointing
1: yeah I feel like I want to watch them like go at it one last time in live action, like in Book of Boba Fett. Actually, no, he does survive because there's a comic, um, like a one-off comic when they were doing like the age of, like they did like the age of rebellion, age of Republic and age of resistance, like comic lines. And there was a Princess Leia comic um, about her and Chewbacca getting ambushed by Bosk when she had like the, the boosh bounty hunter outfit that she wore in Return of the Jedi. So that's obviously post this because she hasn't got that, she hasn't encountered that bounty hunter yet. So Bosk does survive and he gets his legs back. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder how long they took to grow back. Probably overnight, knowing Bosk
1: <laughs> probably just squeezes a little bit and then just, the new legs just pop out.
0: <laughs> no, I thought it was cool though. I liked, I liked the. Like when reading the comic, you can kind of feel the tension in the room with like all the different criminal organizations. Like, because obviously, if they bumped into each other in the street, like guns would be drawn, and they'd probably blow each other up because there's like so many of them in a room together, and obviously, they want to bid on Han Solo. It's like very tense, and no one's like ready to like draw blasters yet. Someone's waiting for (laughs) someone else to do it.
1: They're trying really hard not to kill each other, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And it it was cool seeing the huts as well. And sort of like Jabber. And then was it, it wasn't Gracchus who was there. It was, um, oh, he's in the he's in the Darth Vader comic. Him and Vader have been chatting. He's, it begins with B. It's this. um am mad. Barocco or something like that. Brocco or some I can't remember what the name is. But one of the yeah. other huts there. I like seeing anything with the huts and the hut council. So it's interesting to see them. I think my favorite line of the whole thing was when when Boba, like snuck up on Afra and um Sana Staros and he was he said hello and like instantly Dr. Afra was like, Yeah, I know who you are, you're a clone because I've heard your voice repeated on so many Republic hollows, <laughs> which I found so funny because it's like, yeah, like his voice is instantly recognizable if you know anything about galactic history. <laughs> But the fact that it took someone like Dr. Aphra to be like, yep, I know you're at least a clone of something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I honestly had to read that line a couple of times before I actually got it. I was like, wait, what? So it took me a second to realise it was Boba in the the cloaked hood. And then I was like, oh, oh, she's talking about Boba Fett. And it obviously just reminded me of um, Boca-Tan's line in Madness Season 2. She's like, I've heard your voice like a thousand times or whatever.
1: Yeah, and then obviously it was soon. Yeah, and Mandalorian as well. We had that line about like my face would be instantly recognised as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's nice that they're finally starting to acknowledge the fact that of the people who were alive in the Clone Wars era, or of people like Doctor Aphra, who's like a historian who knows a lot about the past, it's probably quite obvious if you bump into a clone because they all sound like Tamira Morrison's.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but now I've. And then Vader shot up at the end. I was I was wondering about that because obviously he um, I haven't kept up with like I'm think I'm like two or three issues behind on Vader. But obviously he gives Ansela so to Boba Fett suddenly, so I do do they like explain why he's there in yeah. Vader?
1: Yeah, um, I mean yeah. Uh, I won't go into too much detail because <clears throat> there is like a story behind it but basically he's really really angry about everything that's happening at the moment so he just decides that he wants to kill Luke. So he's going to get Han back to lure Luke into a trap and kill him. That's basically Vader's motive at this point. He just, just pure rage. And just wants to kill his son (laughs) for not agreeing to join him.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's fair enough. Fairly fairly on character.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's, it's a very much like Vader blinded by rage and, you know, he's literally just handed this guy over to Boba Fett. And now he wants him back just because he's really pissed off. Um, which sort of is very in line with Vader,
0: I feel like. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'm wondering if we're going to get, like, a Boba Fett v. Vader little scrap next week or next month uh, oh, when next issue yeah. comes out. I wouldn't complain if that happened. I must, didn't I? No, nah, I'd, I'd enjoy that. Yeah. I think that would be unreal. So have you got any other
1: any other thoughts on the War of the Bounty Hunters so far?
0: No, I mean, there's not really been much. Only two issues in, have not we? So I suppose... I mean, there was a... um. I don't know if you know this, but there was a there was like a tie-in issue with it. It's just like War of the Bounty Hunters. I think it ties right in with Jabba the Hutt. I think it's like I think actually yeah. the side story might actually be called Jabba the Hutt.
1: Yeah, it's the Jabba the Hutt one shot. It's the only one I haven't read um, so yeah. far. Um, Justina Ireland writes it. The Hutt, she's one of the higher public authors. Um, yeah, they're doing like a couple one offs. They're doing one with Jabba, one with IG88. I think they're doing one with Four and Zuckus, and then another do- one with. Um, Boosh or Bosh, the um, the bounty hunter that Leia dresses up as in *Return of the Jedi*. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah all, all the the tie-in stories actually like have been pretty good. Like, I'm quite liking the bounty hunters tie-in. The the Darth Vader tie-in is improving, <laughs> sort of week on week. Um, Doctor Aphra's one pretty cool because they had Dirge in it, like Dirge from the Clone Wars in the episode, which was cool. And they're sort of explaining. Really, like, you don't need to read them to know what's going on in the story, but they're sort of filling in some of the gaps of, like, why is Darth Vader showed up, for example, probably be explained in the War of the Bounty Hunters issues number three next week. But, you know, they're sort of filling in the stories, like, why was Doctor Aphra there? The Doctor Aphra comic is sort of explaining that, and why was Lando and Leia and all that sort of there as well. So those ones are tying in the gaps, but not essential reading. But I've been enjoying those sort of ongoing series anyway. So I'm just sort of interested to see how it all wraps up. Uh, you know, I always trust in Charles Soule's writing.
0: Yeah. I mean, didn't he tweet the other day? I, think, I saw he tweeted the other day, like, he just finished writing the episode of uh, issue five and he said it was going to be, like, unreal. So
1: Yeah, I think he said, like, the final three pages are just as like, jaw-dropping as the final page of issue one, and considering that issue one was, like, Kira coming back then I feel like issue, issue five is probably going to be quite mad. Mm. Um, but I'm really hoping for a Leia, Kira, standoff. I just feel like those are two characters that just need to meet in my head canon. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think I think they've released like the covers for all the issues, and I think there's a cover with the two of them. It's like Han in the middle and Carbonite, and then the two of them like staring off. So I feel like we are going to get them meet, which I'm very excited for.
0: Yeah, that'll be... That'll be so good.
1: Uh, Right, and I guess the final little thing that we were going to discuss in terms of news and what's going on with Star Wars at the moment is, uh, well, for us tonight, in like an hour and a half, the uh, High Republic Comic-Con panel is happening, the online virtual panel, with all five of the High Republic writers, and they're expected to be announcing the next wave of books, comics, tie-in, other bits and bobs, um, and we just thought we'd have a little pre-discussion of sort of what we're what we're hoping to see. If we've got any predictions, <clears throat> what we're sort of wanting some of the the authors to jump about and be doing, um, and yeah, just sort of what our what our our thoughts are. Have you got any? If you got any hopes, predictions, guesses, anything like that, John?
0: Um, I'm not sure. To be fair obviously I haven't read The Rising Storm yet so um, I can't say anything going off that but I'm excited I'm excited for the next run of stuff because the stuff we've had so far I mean as I said you know I've only I've read like of the Jedi and Into the Dark I haven't finished Rising Storm yet um, I'm still slightly behind on some of the comics but what we've had so far has been fantastic so I'm just as long as they keep expanding this universe like, yeah. I don't know even if they're like, cut cut forward like maybe if they change times slightly cut forward 20 years but back yeah. years or whatever you know i have a feeling i have
1: like. a feeling when they like the different phases that they've got because like this is phase one this year i think the different phases i imagine there could be time jumps but i think this the third wave of books that will come out at the end of this year i imagine it will very much be within similar timelines of what we've got at the moment just you know I feel like we'll probably still would be within the same year. I imagine. Um, I guess sort of my, none of this is sort of like predictions based on, you know, anything spoilery is more just generally on like, you know, what I think they'll announce. I imagine they'll announce the next three books, you know, the adult novel, the young adult novel and the sort of junior novel, um, I'd really like to see Claudio Gray on the adult novel just because the adult novels have really been dealing with like the big, big event, like the big, big story. And then like the YA and the junior novel sort of like tell a different story or a supporting story. And I just think Charles Soule with Light of the Jedi was absolutely brilliant. He's a great writer. Like you're still to read the rising storm, but the rising storm was absolutely fantastic as well. I just love to see Claudia Gray really tackle like the main book and some of the real main characters of like the, the um, the 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 prominent main characters of like the um, the adult novel cast. I just would love to see what Claudia Gray does. It so my fingers are crossed that she's going to be the one who's writing the next adult novel because she hasn't done anything since Into the Dark and she doesn't have any comics or anything like that on the go at the moment. So we haven't seen her in the High Republic for a while. So I'm hoping that either her or Charles Soule are going to be doing the next the next adult novel.
0: Yeah. Um... I think that'd be interesting as well, obviously, because, yeah, as you said, Claudia Gray did the, like, supporting book, I suppose, Into the Dark. is So it'd be nice to see be nice to see them shuffle around a bit um, and just maybe, yeah, get a bit of different perspective on the main cast and then, like, I suppose, like the side cast that they have in each, each of the books. Just to refresh it, uh, keep it fresh, I suppose, with shuffling the, the writers around. Yeah. I mean, there's no point keeping the same writers on the same stuff. And, you know, you know, they're very, they're all very talented. And, you know, if they're bringing out waves and waves at a time, you've got to mix up a bit, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's what they've said. <clears throat> I think they've said that they're going to sort of like, the writers are going to be moving around to like what projects they're doing. Like, I imagine, you know, Kevin Scott and Daniel Jose Older who are on the comics, I almost think that they'll probably do the comics for the entire year. And then maybe the comics will hand over to like, like maybe Charles Soule will take over the main comic next year, and someone else will take over the Adventures line. I don't know if that's what the plan is, but I I think just based on because I followed Daniel Jose Older on uh, Instagram, and he's basically been teasing that he's been writing a book and it's basically a High Republic book without confirming it. But you know the eye emojis pop up every now and then, um, so I have a feeling he's going on to the the next young adult book. 'Cause he he just wrote Race to Crash Point Tower. And like Justina Island wrote Test of Courage, the junior novel, and then this wave, she's gone on to Out of the Shadows, the YA novel. So I wouldn't be surprised if like Daniel Jose has gone from junior and then next wave, he's gonna be on the young adult novel, which I think would be really cool. I'm a big fan of his writing style. I think he's really cool. Um and then I imagine I don't know who will be writing the next junior novel. I don't know if it'll be Justine Island again or whether they'll put someone like Charles Soule on a junior novel, which would be interesting. I suppose I'd, I'd be quite interested to see how Charles Soule would write like a, a junior novel just because his writing style is normally quite mature. I'd be interested to see how he does it. Um, it would be quite cool to see that whole Cavan Scott. I imagine Cavan Scott would probably happy do, happily do the junior novel. Um, but yeah, I guess that's my predictions of the books. I imagine the comics obviously continue to, I think we'll get a couple of surprise announcements because like last time they announced an audio drama. Um, there's an audio drama about Lorna D the Nile, uh, woman. And there's a couple of like, um, mini series that they've announced for this wave, like the, the monster at Temple Peak one. And then there's the, like the detective one. Um, I imagine we might get like another mini series, like announcement, um, and then perhaps, like uh I'd really like a, a an art book you know you know what I mean like uh the art mm. of the High Republic with just loads of like drawings of like what the Jedi look like and like the concept art and all that sort of stuff. I think that would be uh, yeah. really cool um, yeah. and yeah i just i imagine there'll be some some surprises i'm looking for i mean i'm just no surprise to people listening i'm I'm a massive fan of the whole era and I want, I want a five-issue miniseries from Claudia Gray about geode and nothing but geode. Like, just no just no text for, like, five issues, just geode doing stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'll literally, yeah, I'll read any of it, but um, I'm excited, and I'm, I'm sure in the next episode when we actually know what's happening, we'll be able to talk about it. Um, but I guess I kind of just wanted to have a general little chit-chat about what our hopes are, but I guess our hopes are just more of the same. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been so good so far that I can't really can't really wish for anything else.
1: Yeah, I think they'll probably, when the live stream starts, I think they'll probably mention if there's going to be Rising Storm spoilers. I feel like they probably will stay away from it, but if they do say there's going to be Rising Storm spoilers, you'll probably just have to switch it off if you are going to watch it, John. <laughs>
0: Like slam my laptop
1: shit. Yeah. I imagine they'll probably be friendly and not do it because it's only been out for less than a month. So I feel like it's a bit unfair to just like spoil it for people who probably are still like three quarters of the way through it. <laughs> yeah, you'd
0: think, wouldn't you? think would right. I
1: feel like that's probably everything we've we've chatted about. We wanted to chat about on today's episode. Um, we will we'll be back next week to talk about the next episode of The Bad Batch. And I imagine um we'll probably talk a little bit about whatever higher Republic news gets announced tonight if it is interesting if it's not interesting probably won't talk about it but if it is we can chat about that next week and then in a couple weeks time we're going to have our very special long discussion about the rising storm um which i'm very excited for and john will be Desperate to talk about it once he's read the book and has experienced the journey. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Um, Make sure to give our podcast a follow on your podcast app that you use so you don't miss an episode for more Star Wars greatness and discussions. And follow us on our Instagram at Live From Vader's Castle and our Twitter at Vader's Castle Pod we're quite active over on Instagram at the moment I think actually I'm going we're going to be running a giveaway this weekend um, what that will be go over to our Instagram to find out how to win in our little giveaway and um, we've been posting a lot of sort of you know stuff about the books and, you know, pictures of our, the various crap that we order off the internet and put on our shelves with its Funkos or Lego sets or anything like that. So uh, give us a follow if you want to see stuff like that. And, um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Cheers, John, for being here, as always.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.
1: Yeah, cheers for listening. Bye. Bye.